This is the Sounding Board Podcast with Hachi and Damo. Thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Good to have your company on the Sounding Board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to drink wise. This is the Sounding Board for Drinkwise, Series 7, Episode 31. It's a... It's a late drop. It's a it's a Thursday night drop. And uh, well, Hutchie, you I think on our Twitter feed and other social media feeds have been copying it for the potential delay on this. I'll put my hand up. It is my fault this week. Hello to you. Welcome, mate, Damo. How how on earth is it with this late in a week? And it's not my fault. I've been getting emails for two days. My email address has been pretty well known for twenty five years, and it's on my Twitter avatar. So I'm very public about how to get in touch with me. And I've been just getting abused. This would be you, your fault. No way, Barrett wouldn't be ready. But it's not me. I was ready on Tuesday for the drop, and you've taken to Thursday, as you like to say, 4.50 p.m. to record. So yes. is everything okay? You've been a bit off the grid. Everything is okay. Now, look, I um, I have had, I did have a, a medical procedure okay. that was uh, was required, Hutchie. Everything's good. So don't, 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 not that anyone would be too worried about what happens there, but but it is all good. So it is my fault. It is my fault that we are I, late this week. So I heard, apologies. I did hear about that, actually. The rumour had gone around medical circles that doctors had gone in in a vain attempt to remove your cynicism. Unfortunately, after seven hours of surgery, the cynicism still remains. <laughs> We're unable to remove it, and uh, no, no hint of positivity, unfortunately, in the uh, soul. So, yep. exploratory surgery the, uh... looking for any hint of positivity, and no luck at all. So, there you go. And I think their scepticism is still embedded in their feet, <laughs> so they that, that stayed yeah. in as well. While, yeah. while they couldn't find the other stuff as well. So, yeah, yeah, good, yeah. Good, no, good, but, but all, it's all it's all good. All good. Oh, it's for, nice for, to hear. For... I, I tell you, what, I ruled out it being anything to do with preparation for the pie night next week, the AFMAs, because I know. How that works, the AFMA Pie Night. You turn up on the night at 7 o'clock, you gather a few chairs, people turn up and say, gee, it's been, what, a year since we've been here, but everyone gather some chairs, and of course the microphone doesn't work, you have to get one of those sort of old box things with a mic coming out of it, and that's uh, the vain attempt to make some speeches, and the awards get invented on the night, whoever's the uh, the least vocal doesn't win. So uh, good luck on Tuesday night, Damo. Are you making a keynote speech as the president of the AFMA Pie are Night? You, um, are you coming? I think I'm, I think I might. Oh no! We've, we've I was got, hoping you were going to say no. We've got two tables, as you know. Uh, I tried to buy yep. seven, but no one came back to me, so I ended up with two. It's one of those organisations where it's very hard to trade with. So uh, in the end, just paid for my two rather than the seven, and yep. uh, very anti-commercial decision from the AFMA Pie Night. But we'll be there with our staff and looking forward to it. I think we discussed the seven, didn't we, on a previous episode where, where I know what you're like. You, you would have made the seven a corporate you thought, SEN you affair. Thought, you actually you thought as a committee I was going to on-sell the other tables. Absolutely. <laughs> I've seen you on-sell everything. You would have you would have um, obviously you know, paid the, the rack rate, so to speak, but then you would have on-sold it to all your commercial partners as, as, a, as an upsell as part of the grand final festivities. You would have you. sold a grand final ticket and a night to the AFMAs. What I, what I wanted to do was get our interstate staff in from Adelaide and Perth, so I apologise to them. We'll try and do that next year. And Hachi, you've got some big news for our listeners today. Well, we're going to be on location in Grand Final Week, Damo, so our second annual Sounding Board Grand Final Week live show and gathering will be on... You know we- I don't like these outside No, you broadcasts. don't. You That's don't. you got to talk I, to people. I don't like them one bit. You always say, this will never work, and I can't see this working out, and what if no one turns up, and all those sceptical things that you'll say. But it, it's Wednesday, this, and you might be right, Wednesday the 21st of September, 4 p.m. at the George Hotel in South Melbourne. 
come past Great this. Pub. Offers on on uh, the plate. You can get involved and have a bit of fun and celebrate the end of the year. Damo will be bringing some special guests along the day, and we look forward to seeing, hopefully seeing you there on the 21st of September, Damo, in grand final week. Just also, too, for the for the potentially um, slightly different audio today, um, we didn't have a studio today, actually, because we had moved it back in the week. And even though I think you've got a dozen studios in there at uh, South Bank, um, not one available for us tonight. I'm in Sydney, and we're running the studios here today because of – I'm watching Steve O'Keefe through the window. He's calling the cricket from the uh, – basically from the cupboard. So that's what you've done today. Well done, Australia versus New Zealand. <laughs> he is. He's through the wall in the cupboard <laughs> calling the out. cricket, like <laughs> watching him as we speak. <laughs> Hey, where do we start, Damo, for drink-wise? If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to drink-wise. Big week at the AFL. I'm gonna, I know. I want to start with the, the big news this week, actually. The, the, the greatest sport in the world, the, the NFL, it's upon us. It's actually upon us. It starts tomorrow, as in Friday. You must be excited. It coincides perfectly with your 22 weeks of annual leave. Absolutely perfectly with your 22 weeks of annual leave. Are you, are you, gonna, are you seeing you I'm watching tomorrow morning? Nah, I, you do know what I'm like. I, I don't actually immerse myself in it until the till the grand finals come and gone, and even after trade periods. So I'm probably six or seven weeks away from properly Are following we... it. But but I, I I might tomorrow. The Bills and Rams open the season this year, and and I, I, I look, it'll be on. It'll certainly be on in the background somewhere. I'm surprised you haven't really tried to put together this sort of four or five or six day little ping into the states to watch a day of football together, oh. like we've always done. I was thinking of you last week. Actually, I had lunch at your favourite. Favorite American steak restaurant Luger's last oh, did you? Thursday. Yeah. yeah. Anyone going through New York City, head to Luger's, which is where Damo and I have had our annual lunch for many, many years, pre-COVID at least. I was there last Thursday, Damo. Asked for Frank, the waiter. You get the magnificent Luger sauce on the rash of bacon, the pre-rash of bacon. Don't over-race <laughs> on the bacon in the pre because you can really over-race – Getting excited about the bacon before the steak arrives. And the steak, I would suggest you get the tomahawk as a share. The tomahawk, yeah. yeah. Give it everything. And then don't do what Damon and I did, which was ride our bikes over the bridge and ride back, because that's the ride back is a little dawning across the Williamsburg Bridge, but it's a lot of fun. So I thought we'd be on again. Are we, are we any chance? Well, you tell me. You haven't. You raised it about three months ago, and you haven't raised it since. So are you going again? I only have you do. I think we've got some serious business to discuss, you and I. So we might have to. All right. Think about a, a very brief trip. We'll, we'll, we'll park that for off very, um, um The right steal. What did you think, Damo? I was an AFL. Yeah, I wanted to get your take. I mean, again, that, that coincided with with when I was uh, out of action there for a couple of a uh, couple of days. Hachi. So, and give me your view because you're you're the commercial um, person in this conversation, clearly. And what does it what what does it mean? And and what is it that we haven't yet discussed? I think widely in a, in a footy media public. What, what what did you take out of it? Because I haven't heard your view. Well, first of all, I think it's an absolute masterpiece from the AFL. Absolute must. Now, I didn't have a dog in the fight on this one, so I think I can speak pretty freely and just give you some external, um, uh, an external view of what the deal looked like. It was as well constructed a deal from the AFL end as you'll ever see. It was it maximised cash and it minimalised what they gave up. Really, I, th- I thought to get that type of check was ambitious, and, the, and you'd have to give up a lot more. So, the the horse trading that went on was first class. A few things to call out. It's underestimated in these deals how much the AFL need the free-to-air partner. So Seven had much more leverage than you might think because the AFL need to put free-to-air games on television, A, from a regulatory point of view, but B, from just actually how the 
fans react. You can see anything less than about the same was not going to pass the sniff test. So that was the challenge is to try and get maximum uplift. If you look at the ASX release from 7, and I'll read it to you, buried in, in paragraph 7 was 7 will pay a 14% increase on 24 to 25, and then the indexation on the term representing a 3.6 compound annual growth rate in rights fee. So they've only ended up paying 3.6 compound post that little bump at the front. So clearly seven were saying, we don't have much more money here and you need us in this deal. You also need seven, You also need the free-to-air partner to be able to coexist with the, the big payer. So there's a need and want party. The AFL needs seven, seven need the AFL, but the check's got to be right. But the want, the ability to extract big uplift is in Foxdale, Telstra, KO, and or Paramount Stan. That's where all the heat was in the deal. So they've done a really good job to get Foxdale and Seven in the same paddock because if they couldn't maintain, they're uneasy, they're uneasy bedfellows. So to, to what Gill and Andrew and Travis have done particularly well on the whole team working on it, Walter Lee, is get them to coexist in the same framework and to hold them in the same framework because if that fractured at any point, their deal was in real trouble. And they've been able to get all the money uplift out of the non-free-to-air partner. Now, the free-to-air partners had to give up some stuff, so it's certainly Saturdays, but then the AFL needs Saturdays as much as, some Saturdays as much as the free-to-air partner do. The smart thing, I think, in the deal is they pushed all their value into the, into the uh, pay TV provider in the first eight rounds. That's really clever because that's when you acquire customers. If you're going to sign up for the year, you sign up then. So they pushed acquisition. I think that's an acquisition move from both parties. Look, we'll give you eight weeks to really try and sign everyone you can in the country, but then we need to ease back into this free-to-air um, structure a little bit. They give themselves some room in the uh, players' agreement by only committing to 15, not 22. And then the other thing I think they – I mean, I'm just going to call this out. I think they leaked the nine thing Monday at the exact right time. So <laughs> – yeah. Now, yeah. don't people will take offence at me saying that, but I, I said them or those close to them have let that loose at the exact right minute because it yeah. did it did make the alternative bid very viable. So it's one thing to have a rival bid, and they did a great job to coach a bid out of nine stand and out of ten paramount. Like you got to actually get them to the table and make them think they can win. You got to seduce them enough to think that they're a chance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they and and they did that, and ultimately they were both, by the looks of it, pretty good bids that would have stacked up on their own two feet, and you would have gone that way if you had to. And then they've also been able to kind of like it wasn't a, there was no coincidence about the fact that landed at four o'clock on Monday. There's not a coincidence in the world that said that is what happened. Yeah. And it landed everywhere, didn't it? Every media outlet had it very very quickly, and it was easy to get jumpy on the back of it. So I, I think if you think about the job they've done. And I say this because they're a non-for-profit organisation, in essence, that is there to serve the game's interest, 10% going back in the community. It's not like someone got rich off the back of it. Like, there's, it's it's football money. It's not Gill's money or the commission's money. They've done a, a master – it was a masterclass because it, the, yeah. they're not playing with a bigger hand as, as you think in those things sometimes. Yeah, so, Hachi, the, the streaming rights was, was something that that moved on the run, um, even in the in the last couple of years when when Ko became the the streaming partner, effectively without paying for it. Now, obviously, there's a change in that plan from 2025 onwards. Now, um, Channel Seven will get access to part of it. Obviously, the games they stream, uh, screen will also then be able to stream by them. So, have they got the right money out of that side of it? Because that's the that's a big growth area. 
Well, I mean, seven plus it would not be taken very seriously at the moment by KO. I don't mean that in any disrespect, but the, the KO would think that they've got that that part of the business well and truly oiled and seven plus are a work in progress. So I, I would think they were prepared to concede on that a little bit on that basis. Um, the second thing is they only get to stream their own games, so they don't get the full yes. access. And it looks like – and Fox Fox have got a real bent or want to do their own commentary across nine games. Now, I'm not certain why that is so important to them as, as it seems to be. I don't think it's ad-driven because you can integrate brands anyway over the – in and around the, the, the product. I think it's more about identity and feel and brand and some of those things, but I might be wrong. Well, well they effectively pay their commentators the – the same dollar, I would, I'd imagine, yeah. to, to broadcast would, it while they have broadcasted that that is away from the stadium. Well, I think they would say Foxtel that their commentators are better; they pay them more, and they think that will attract viewers. And whether that's right or wrong, I actually don't know. But it was a, it was a, you could not have got both parties to compromise more in the centre of the table if you tried. It was a masterclass yeah. in compromise and maximise check. And then clearly, okay. Telstra have ponied up a bit more aggressively than they've used the chip of the stadium. There's something buried in that stadium and the Telstra piece. I would think that's that's valuable. They've used it in, in the in Marvel. Which which stadium? Well, if Seven are only paid a, a 3.6 compound growth from 26 to 29, or 30 or 31, whatever it is, then I would suspect that Telstra played a little bit bigger role in this deal than it's been disclosed. And then you wonder what they've got back in return. But I, again, I admire it. I think it's great for footy. Yeah. And okay. What did you think? What well, one more one more quick one on it, Hachi, um, before we move was off. Was was uh, your the... new can I ask you a question? It's it's your AFL.com future. Have you A, have you resolved it? And B, have you indexed it against the new rights deal where you've said I want to be able to <laughs> grow my wage pro rata <laughs> to the deal? <laughs> probably should have thought of that, shouldn't I? <laughs> so you'll be, yes. you'll be staying at AFL.com? That will be the case, actually, yes. yes. Have you re-signed, yes, Damon? Never... Um, yeah. Yeah, I have. You've extended yeah. your contract. Yeah, I don't know whether it needs to be public, actually. Well, there you go. Now, yes. you've extended your contract. Yes. So how many additional weeks annual leave on top of the 22 did you seek <laughs> in the extension? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I've got to better check that clause. I hope there's still at least the 10 in there that there always has been <laughs> well, the, the from, 10, from the outset. The 10's ten, just days only 10, Hutchie, only 10. Tell me one, one more thing on this. The the certainty that this deal now does. Now, again, I'm always I'm always worried. I'm not the commercial person in this conversation, but nine years down the track, there's not going to be too much um, part of people's lives now that is going to still be in play in nine years' time. So I do worry about that ninth year. I mean, here it's like the Buddy Franklin ninth year. You worry about that. So Here comes the cynic. Only, so, you, so, could, only you could get worried about this deal. No, Hutchie. We're in a space which moves by the week <laughs> sometimes, as you know. I mean, yeah. streaming wasn't part of the previous deal. It actually wasn't even part of the previous yeah. deal. The, the deal was still in, effectively. It wasn't even part of it. So that's what I'm referring to. So, But, but having said that, um, Gillian McLaughlin obviously departs the organisation in the next three, four months, whatever it's going to be. There is now certainty, though, isn't there, for the for his replacement, to, and, and nine years of certainty, nine years of, of, of $643 million coming in at a, as a starting point well, to yeah. go and take the code where they want to take it. It's more than half their revenue. It's comfortably more than half their revenue, isn't it, the AFL? I think it's – I think I'm memory's failing me. I shouldn't speculate, but – the number sixty percent or fifty five percent rings in my head of what it used to be or was. What what it does is it makes the job, the CEO job. If you were in any doubt you wanted to do it and you were a contender, 
Like it makes it a, like an unbelievably better job than what it was because that is such a, a stone in your shoe, that deal. When your business is, is entirely wrapped up in the lunacy that is media companies, well, let's be honest, media businesses are very complicated, highly um, subject to change. You know, you only look back two years at what some businesses were going through and then personnel changes as well. So, look, it's – Having your, all of your revenue wrapped up in a media outcome of that size would be, you know, an ongoing management thing in your mind. If you were the if you were the CEO, if that if that thought is out of the room until twenty thirty one, and you can get on with where you invest it, how you grow the game away from media, how you leverage the media deal to do it, gee, it gets a, it becomes an interesting job. Like it becomes a compelling job. It's a very difficult job, but what Gill's done for his successor is is removed the most complicated part of it at the front. And that's why yeah. I think it opens up the succession internally. I think the, yeah. the I don't know who's going to win or who's going to lose, but I think the chances of it being one of the two lieutenants in, or three internally have grown on the back of that outcome because a, a handover of the deal you've just done together makes a bit more sense now, doesn't it? Yeah. What do you yeah. think? Yeah, no, I'm with you. That's why I raised it as, as, as a security um, element to the conversation. Um, there's not one other sport in the country that has um, obviously the luxury of, of A, the, the, the tenure, the nine years, and, and also B, and more pertinently, the um, the magnitude of money coming in. It's, uh, it, it's, I mean, it is a deal for the ages as it was, was sold as, and, and, and that is going to be crucial because it, there's so much uncertainty in and, that space. And it, it's a disproportionate amount of money to take out of the media market. So... What what it has done is put pressure on everybody, in particular cricket. There's no you can't yeah, deny right. you can't deny that. Now, cricket, when, when are those deals up? Given given Seven's been trying to get out of it ever since it started. Years. Now, cricket has the luxury of having foreign media revenue streams and significant ones in places like India, where um, say the NRL don't. But it it does put uh, inordinate pressure on the domestic scene, and it'll put pressure on. Yeah, some of the lower tier, not lower tier, but some of the not as big products, you know, like the. Oh, will yeah, yeah. Hachi, yeah. a couple of break silence moments this week. Um, three that that I, I saw. I'm assuming there's probably three or four more that I, I didn't see. You're tracking but these Jacinta now. Franklin. Yeah, um, this is all in the Herald Sun. That they're, they're all breaking their silence, Hachi. In fact, two of them yesterday were breaking their silence in the space of three articles on on the same homepage. Yep. Um, oh, Jacinta, Jacinta Franklin was breaking her silence about Buddy, and then you, and again, I fell for it. I, I you know, you, you hover over, the, over, the, over the screen and you go you click, and you go as soon as you hit click, you go, why did I do that? And yep. you read it and say. She um she broke her silence, but all she said was, uh, "Yeah, buddy's going to make a decision at the end of the year." So she broke her silence on that. Um, we had the WA cop, uh, the the WA top cop breaking yep. his silence on a on a charge laid against another cop. So he, he broke his silence, and we go back to last week when when the Richmond coach Damien Hardwick broke his silence, even though no one knew he had been silenced over over the dusty video. <laughs> so we're, lots of breaking of silence in the last week, Hatchie. Yeah. it's uh, it's just a. Par for the course these days. No, it is. It is. Uh, well, I'm breaking my silence to agree with you on that. Hey, well, by my way, my frame in hero of the week, by the way, uh, he's my man again, Danny Wilder. He did it again. We'll retweet this, by the way. He had the sit down in had the sit down interview in Sydney on Channel Seven with uh, Daily Cherry Evans and Tommy Turbo, and he was able yeah. to frame him his left shoulder in and ear left ear from behind. <laughs> So you knew he was there with them personally. And then he did use at least three what's known as reverse questions, Damo. So you can see him in between clips. 
So he's a bit off the radar for Victorians because they don't see him every night on the news. But Danny Wilder, who is um, probably the best NRL journalist or equal best. Widler, Hutchie. What did I say? Wait, I think you said Wilder. It's, oh, it's Widler. Danny, Danny yeah. Wilder, yep. No, nah, very good operator. Hey, uh, actually, there was a, there was. I think we've got the not just the clubhouse leader, and it's a serious issue. But we'll, we'll be not so serious about the taking out the trash component to our show. I think we've got the clubhouse leader, and I, and I, I think it's going to take some doing to, to beat Dan Andrews now. And, and this is the serious part of it because the taking out the trash was was the dreadful story of the the ambulance crisis yep. that is in play here in Victoria and and the the linkage factually through this um independent report of 33 deaths related to the delays in ambulances getting to, to certain cases over the past um, X amount of, of months but the taking out the trash component was it was released publicly the findings on a Saturday afternoon as as Within minutes of a, of, a, of a game at the MCG yep. involving 92,000 people at the stadium and, and more than 1 million people nationally were, were watching this Geelong-Collingwood game. Uh, no press conference to attach to it. No appearance from the Premier the next day. No appearance from the Premier the day after it. And no appearance from the Premier, who who who, who made it a habit for 100 consecutive yep. days there during COVID to, to tell us to not leave our houses, to tell us to not go and use playgrounds, to tell us to not go and have a look at sunsets. Or even within your hour, you're allowed out of your house, but but not wanting to front the, uh, the media on this serious matter on the back of the take out the trash email that he sent out on a Saturday. It was it was classic and now audience were all over it and, and alerted to us quickly with our through our Twitter feeds and um yeah, look it was poor not to not to face the music, don't you think? Yeah, I, I reckon. I mean yeah. he, he he supposedly prided himself on on, on fronting the media during the, the COVID period, but all he was doing then was, was lecturing and telling us what we what we couldn't do, not what we could do, but what we yep. couldn't do as a as a society, and then then doesn't want to face the music on, on this one. And the footy finals as we know has been uh uh, trash season. We've seen North Melbourne really try and land the uh, exit of the CEO and include the happy quotes close to the first Friday night final as well. So we're seeing, you know, the Friday afternoon and the Saturday even now is becoming a hot day for taking out the trash. So uh, we're seeing that really lent into, to quote uh, the ad world, uh, by <laughs> many involved, Damo. And it's, uh, you know, it is what it is. Yep. A uh, couple of footy ones, Hachi. Uh, we'll get to, to Wayne Carey in a moment and we'll make that the question of the week because we have had, a, as always, dozens of questions and, and, and dozens of questions about this particular topic. But what are your thoughts on the Ross Lyons situation? Um, I spoke with uh, Ross yesterday, that being yep. Wednesday of this particular week, on the the Wednesday rub as we or week, midweek rub. Um, he filled in for Wayne Carey on that particular occasion and, and you would have seen the, the quotes initially and then on yep. Footy Classified last night. Um, What's your view of this? strategy. It's different strategy where he doesn't, and, and, and I get where he's coming from, it's not for me to judge what he does, but he doesn't even feel the need to, to put himself through any no. process. And I, I, I want to come at it from an Essendon footy club perspective, Hachi. What sort of process are you running if people like him and people like Brad Scott are refusing for their own reasons to even engage in a, in a meaningful telephone conversation, let alone anything beyond that by way of a, an in-person meeting with with potentially the people you, who want you to come and work for them. They, they won't even go through the initial stages. What, what sort of process and, and sham process is that club putting up? Well, it's interesting. They're accused of not having run a process before, so they're paranoid about not running one. 
But in so, re- what, why are they accused, and why do they care what the people say? Well, about them? Uh, that's my point. So, you can't get a Ross Lyon, a Brad Scott, or a Ken Hinckley unless you go to them, woo them, and offer them the job. Yep. You can't. I think no. all three of them would coach your footy club if you did that and did it well. Uh, Essendon are too um, uncertain or lacking conviction in any of them to do that. And none of them, to be fair, are at the Clarkson level of no-brainer in the eyes of the of the buyer. Equally, all three of them see themselves as unwilling to risk the vulnerability of that process. And probably all of them have a degree of hubris of thinking they are actually worthy of that offer without sitting the process in the first place. I think, for instance... Let me add one more thing before you take that conversation away, that they also, I would imagine, and Ross alluded, well, actually more than alluded to this, have also got massive reservations about the people at that footy club. Yeah, but all those things are generally won over in the process. Like, Alistair clearly didn't want to work with Ben Amafia, and Ben Amafia didn't want to work with Alistair, but that didn't stop him taking the job when the five years and the money was there. Like, he just said, I'm not, you know, he's not, not really for me, and... It was no coincidence, Archie, that he'd been in the job officially uh, seven days and, and, well, then, and, ben had, and officially the other guy wasn't. Correct me if I'm wrong, Damo, but Ben had cautioned the board that he didn't think Alistair was the right move either, right? I haven't heard that one. Yeah, I think that's what happened. So I don't think... Well, that, I hadn't heard that one. There was, there was no alignment on either end of that. So why do they have to be mutually exclusive? Why, why couldn't you go to those three and say, if we decide you're the, you're the person... And we come at you, and we offer you this job. Are you willing willing to consider it ex- and and or accept it if we decide upon that? R- rather than say, look, we're going to have to go through. Like, what what do they think? Ken Hinkley's going to go through a process? Is it? Yeah, no, well, club? he can't. He can't go through a process. Can he? he's contracted another club? And to be uncertain of those three in the first place, they don't waste their time. But if you think Brad Scott's your guy, and I think Brad Scott would be a wonderful fit at Essendon. I don't. He'd be a tough extract from the AFL, but he's got a very high powered job, and he's well respected there. He'd be a Brantford. He's tough enough. He's strong enough. He's been around before. I think he'd be a great move, uh, Brad Scott Freston. But they've got to have the so, conviction so now, though, to go. So, so, so now you're left with the people who can subject themselves yep. to a process. And, and without wanting to be demeaning on those people, they're, 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 they're lesser people in, in, in the football I industry. because I disagree. Well, I say lesser, Hutchie, because they haven't got the scores on the board that those three people uh, you no, just mentioned they have. Haven't, they haven't got the profile. That's the difference. The last this the eight the scores on the board. There's yeah. scores on the board with those other three. The, the other the scores on the board is the most irrelevant thing in choosing a coach. The eight coaches in this year's final series, correct me if I'm wrong, are all first time coaches. I think I told you that last week, actually. All first time yep. coaches. That's a little stat yes. I've come up with for you, Damo. The, I think I told you that last week, Cassie, and, and you said that's a good stat. Craig, <laughs> and I've used it. Craig McRae is a great example of that. Uh, I think Adam Kingsley would be a good coach. So like Run a process for those that you want to run it simultaneously, but at least go to the. You got to treat the ones you might want really differently. Yeah, uh, and yeah. No, I, I agree with that. But but again, they, they're worried about perception because and David Barron's be. backed away after he's just well, he's decided to to make the the coach walk the plank for a week before he sacked him. He, he knifed. Paul Brescia off the board. And th- th- this is not a criticism. This is what he did. Yep. And then he made the comment, we want an experienced coach. We need an experienced coach. And then everything he's from that moment onwards, they've gone back into the typical, gee, what are they saying about us? Uh, we better, we better be seen to be doing this. So we, they, they were then giving a, a bunch of people who aren't connected to the club, who, who will have care and responsibility. But ultimately, when they do make a decision, they'll move on and not have responsibility for it because uh, they move on. 
it's just, and this is what they did to a form when they got Ben Rutten, who they gave two years before they decided to sack him. So they're just going through what they did with Ben Rutten three years earlier, ultimately. And they shouldn't worry about the brand because the brand's wounded enough as it is. It can't get any worse in this process. So just go and, yeah, it's true. Go and pick who you want. Hey, I had a few people ask me, Damo, just to off Twitter. The the footy Fox Footy Finals lineup. They did uh they released <laughs> A footy yeah, photo, don't yeah. they? <laughs> I, I was only made aware of this from our from our yeah. listeners who want you to critique the positioning well, of people in that photo. Now, people, yeah. people, I must say this is a little different to what we talk about, which is how people position themselves. In this one, their cartoons yeah. have been used. <laughs> so, and right. I don't, I don't think the cartoonist has really thought through the politics either. So, um, <laughs> I think the cartoonist is probably. I think Steve Crawley's probably had three or four calls. Tell that cartoonist, or tell the bloke that does the graphics. But um, well, this- I'm trying to describe, and we'll get, and Jane will obviously um, put this out on our social anyway. media platforms. But, but what what I'm seeing here that you're about to describe, Hutchie, what what jumps out at you is that Jonathan Brown's yeah. the main man. Well, is that what I'm? Is that what I'm, Am I observing the way you are? I would think the graphic person and John O'Brown are good mates that drink beers together. And he's gone, oh, I did your favourite. I put you to now forward in the front of that picture. It looks like Jonathan Brown's a face of Fox footy in the picture. Um, <laughs> Dunstall's sort of in no man's land there in the middle. Um, Gary's a face of Fox and should be at the front. He's been mis- miscast. Well, he's, he's too far back. He won't he's like, too far he back won't like that. Um, and I think uh, Kath Lockton, who's, Lockton, who's been, uh, Lockton, who's been unbelievable, he's been... She's in the back pocket. And... and she, Ridiculous spot. It'll be right up the front alongside Sarah Jones. And yep. and I think um, yeah, the others have probably landed about right. Uh, I think David King... How do, um, just on all that, how, how do four alpha males regularly front the same panel, Hutchie? I'm talking about I'm talking about Brown. I'm talking about Revolt. I'm talking about Lyon. I'm talking about Buckley. I've never seen four on the one panel. And, and that's not just... That's not a shared... That's not equal share of voice. That is John O'Brown led shot. That's that's him hoodwinking the graphic designer that he's the main guy. He's not even close to the main guy at Fox Footy. Oh, hang on, <laughs> I don't think he would have had any, any knowledge of this in advance. No, You're he, not saying he's he would he would have been his old mate in graphics. Oh, I looked after you today. I tell you what, they asked me to send through the pictures of the the lineup and put you in the front. <laughs> not Actually, on. I've just noticed. I've just noticed Howie. Howie's too far back too. Oh, I, I thought he was too far. I thought back. he was too far up, to be honest. Oh, I had him, I had him down. Well, back, so. <laughs> well, you before he became the absolute juggernaut that he is, Hutchie, you did move him on from Croc Media some years ago. <laughs> you did move him on. No, he didn't. Yes, you did. What did he, he, did, he filled in for a couple he of months. He was hosting benches. that regional um, football coverage, and you moved him on. No, that's not true. He didn't do that. That's how he got his his opening in it back at Triple M. No, he hosted. And that is he he. I've been a big, big believer of his talents for a long time, as you know, and he did host a couple of off the benches back, back, yeah. in, back in, in in years of lesser profile demo. You'd love to have your hands on him now, wouldn't you? He, there's no one bigger. Oh, he's always been great. He's done a fantastic job. You, you mentioned you mentioned Wayne. We should address that. What you're his colleague? Yeah, you're his colleague it, actually, let's address it. Address it this way through the question of the week. On the sounding board, it's our question of the week for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to Drinkwise. 
And it comes, Hutchie, and, and we've, we've had a lot of questions along this topic. This is from Peter Gibson on email. He addresses this part of it to, to you specifically, but I think it summarises where it's at and, and it's a good way into the conversation at the very least. For Craig, if one of your Hope Profile employees found themselves in a similar situation to Wayne Carey, would they lose their position at SEN? From my perspective, illicit drug use is completely different from an act that harms another person. Like many, I enjoy Carey's commentary on Triple M and his interactions with Damien and could not care less if he is doing what a significant percentage of the population is doing. I wonder whether the average punter feels the same way, and this is more about confected outrage. No offence, but the idea of media executives counting someone for cocaine use seems the height of hypocrisy. Not a dig at you, Hachi, but I think you know what I mean. I just thought I'd use that, Hachi, as a way into the conversation, because we, we could take it um, in 15 different directions, and it may not be the directions our listeners want, but that's a fair starting point from Peter Gibson there as question of the week. You're a bit closer than I am because you, you're his yeah. colleague at Triple M. I'll, I'll answer the question as best I can. I think the decision yep. to stand him down was was the right decision for both parties until you understand what happened. No, I, I agree with that. So yeah, yep, I'll, I'll agree with you on the run here. Yep. Tick. What, what do you what do you think about where to for Wayne and the fallout for him? I, I that I don't know. I'm not, I've, I've spoken to him um, have you? like everyone, Hutchie. Yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah, I have. How's, I'm, I'm how's close with Wayne. How's he going? Um, I will. It's it's he's in a period where he'd rather not be and that is that he's not going to be working on on channel seven this week and and there's an unknown around that as we speak in fact even as we speak Hutchie's stories are dropping left right and center about that not being uh picked up again next year and and, and maybe not this year as we speak he, he's he's not on triple m and, and that's that's a, a public statement by both wayne and triple m himself he's not going to be on this weekend beyond that i don't know we do know that he that he has got a, you- a version of events which flies in the face of what people at crown casino in perth are saying it flies in the face i think of what um, you, you of what him, most people may have a view. You take him on face value on that like you do with people? If you told me what Wayne told me, w- would you want me to believe you? If I said to you this is what happened? Yeah. If it happened to me and I, I if it happened to me and I said to you this is what happened, I would think you would probably believe me straight away, right? But it's, yep. for, for whatever reason, I don't pass judgment on this, but for whatever reason, um, yep. pe- people do cast cynicism on Wayne's version of events Given Absolutely, the they do, and 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 you know, fair enough too, and with good reason in, in those people's so you, eyes. And even as we speak, Hachi, the the casino itself, um, yep. the head of the casino itself, is is casting um, so a different light on on the chain of events. So you've so, taken yeah, him that's on face value, and you are backing him in. I, I will until I know more, Hachi. Yeah, yeah, because because that's his positioning on it. Um, and, and and that that is yet to play out, and and he's now committed to needing to go public with with that outcome in in a nature that it's more significant to to what it is now, to to this point. The the question of, of Peter Gibson though, um, the use of this solicit substance compared with other aspects, um, are, are we as outraged genuinely these days as we clearly were once upon a time? Should we be? Well, we're we're not. I mean, we're not. Is the answer? We're, I'm not saying that that's right or wrong, but we're just, we're just not. Like Bailey Smith was over his situation in two days. He had, I was going to say the game's biggest name yeah. in that profiled sense had had a had a worse example of this. Put his hand up straight away, and and it went away. Now he yeah. it was banned for two weeks by the system, and 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 so he should have been. But no one is no, judging now, and looking a, at him adversely. It's, I'm not saying any of this is fair, um, but it, it's a little easier when it's your first dance rather than your last dance, and so. Yeah, it's true. He he doesn't um he doesn't have the position of having and the same level of well this is not his first public incident right wrong or indifferent so that's a different situation for him and I'm sure 
there's only two ways to, to to handle it. If you if you didn't do it, you are as staunch as he's been, and you do act the way he has, and you do go and get lawyers, and you do fight for your mm. career. And and the other way is if it did happen, you say, look, I, I did, and I shouldn't have. But um, just. I don't want to get too specific, but but again, I, he probably doesn't want me saying this too. But I, I have been in his presence where I have seen him have have a lot of pain killing um, tablets, and and that's where he cannot move an arm. It's where he cannot even walk. So maybe I've actually said more than I should there. So 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 when people may, may do want to you know be skeptical and, and fair enough to absolutely fair enough to be as skeptical as you want and to not believe, I absolutely get that. That's your right. But at least, you know, at least factor in that this guy does need those types of substances every single day to get through a day. And, and look, and, and he even was public with that himself. I don't think I'm talking out of school there because he, he tried to get his um his uh, his body repaired and, and, and was stopped almost in the operating theatre because of a, an insurance issue at, at this year even. I have no idea what will play out though, man. But it, it, and while there's the different version of events, it's going to remain a story, which is, which is no good for anyone. Yeah. Do you see him back being back on on seven? They certainly look. It certainly looks like it's in a tough spot for him, doesn't it? So, yeah. But th- that said, if if um, he can, he shouldn't. If if he's in the right, he shouldn't have to prove his position. But if he does, then I think it makes it harder for them to. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm probably getting the areas I shouldn't get into. Now, well, I think we both have um, in the last five minutes here. But but that's what we do on this show. And and Hachi, it is also too. Um, you can only judge what's what's in front of you. And 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 what's in front of you, as you point out, is 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 a timeline for this person in question, as opposed to a Barley Smith, who, as you effectively said, was was a was a first offence in that in that space. And that that word offence, well, it is an offence, I suppose. So yeah, I don't need to put it in inverted commas. But yeah, so there's a. There's a, a trail behind Wayne that that plays against him right now. Just, when it comes when it comes to employment potential. And just speaking of um, uh, public interest stories, did I read? Well, I read it because you shared it on the WhatsApp. Did the Daily Mail mistake Tony Sheen's court appearance with Mike Sheen? Did you see that? <laughs> I didn't they, they, see that aspect of it. <laughs> footy sp- man has unravelled why footy sports writer stole Uber. And then it said, a court has heard of the lethal combination uh, that spun well-known AFL sports writer Mike Sheen in a delirium and led him to drive off. Like, honestly, what has the world come to? I shouldn't be laughing. Is that what happens? (laughs) (laughs) How's Mike Sheen gone from being the most famous byline in Australian sport, and if you read it, it's true, to being inadvertently named in a Daily Mail story as the subject of a court case? That it was his son. Sorry. I hadn't seen. I'm just reading it now. It does say that. <laughs> oh, by the way, did you see? Just on that, on that, just on that. We, I need to because we. I did keep asking the question. I hadn't seen the Tony Sheehan story on either um, Herald Sun or, or Daily Telegraph, and it was this week, Hutchie. It was through the courts again, and and I did see it in those publications. Okay, there so you go. It's, it's, only, it's, well, it's only fair that I do because I hadn't seen it until this week on those publications, Tony Sheen. And a little bit of news just to follow up for you. Drum roll if you can, please, Jane. A little bit of a drum roll. Sam McClure is back working, writing for The Age. <laughs> you broke one of the sounding board's big exclusives of the year He's, when you said he was out. There, What's there, happened? I don't know. I haven't spoken to him about it, but there's some type of... Uh, Contributor columnist style, you know. Uh, so, first of all, I'm pleased because that's where he belongs as a much loved um, age person for a long time. But how does it work? Where does the line begin and end? You can you can be commercial, provided you don't come to work every day, and provided you're not paid full time by the age. And 
I don't understand it. Anyway, I've had one of those years. Hey, can I just? I heard a, the other the other whisper I heard by the way during the week, which I haven't. Oh, did you? Yeah. I haven't asked this off air. In fact, I'm gonna oh, I'm gonna ask yeah. it now, and if it does, if this is incorrect, we'll just edit it out because we can. It's a podcast. Um, Jane, if you're there listening, I'm gonna bring you in here. It hit my desk. Did you do stand up comedy the other day in a pub? I did a a musical gig at a open mic, Hutchie. Did, was it stand up comedy of nature? No, it was just singing, completely just singing. Okay. Can you sing, Jane? Oh, yes, I was uh, in a band for 10 years, Damo. <laughs> oh, Damo, you've taken a real interest in Jane in our friendship over the years. Jane, Jane's got a beautiful voice. What's, what was your, I know she's got a beautiful voice. I know she can sing. What was your go-to uh, opener, Jane? Uh, all originals, so nothing you would know. Originals? <laughs> yes. I can only imagine how many political agendas are being run through those songs. It'd be... <laughs> <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be like the scorecard on, yeah. on song. It, it was. Can you give us a little taste of one of them? Um, maybe. I'll add it at the end of the episode. Do not wrap this up, boys, without inviting everyone on Wednesday before grand final to our uh, live yes, event. Yes, Domo, we're on. So here we go. We are doing a live event in grand final week. But basically, everyone, I will send out via socials. There's going to be a link. You can win yourself Ooh. a ticket to the event, some drinks, the whole bit. I will send it all out, Twitter, Facebook, like or follow us, and you'll have all the details very soon, including in the show notes. Wednesday, grand final week, 4 to 6 p.m. at the George Hotel in South Melbourne. Come and have a, a very casual drink with us. Remember to drink wise on the day and enjoy the afternoon with Damo and friends. Just opposite the market there, Hutchie. There you and go. Joe. And is Rolf from Ralph Meats going to make an appearance? <laughs> we could drag him across. <laughs> Although, actually, Wednesday Wednesday is a market day. We could drag him across, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I think that's it, Damo. Is there anything else left to say? No, I think we might wrap it up there, Hutchie. I, I was going to talk about the uh, Reserve Bank Governor, who's had a, a complete mayor, but we'll uh, we'll park that one for next well, week, I reckon, well, you, you can do that. What, good. Tell us about it. Good, good guy who said that, we, we we wouldn't be seeing interest rate rises until 2024, and it's now had five consecutive massive rises in the past five goes at it. So, uh, Governor Philip Lowe, on notice, Archie. That was the sounding board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose the Drinkwise. Thanks for listening to the Sounding Board Podcast with Hutchie and Damo. Tune in for questions tomorrow and to send a question to the boys, email thesoundingboard at sen.com.au, follow the show on Twitter at Sounding Board EP and like the Facebook page. It's all thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Drinkwise.